0: hello family worship center family and people that are joining us all over the world last week we received uh, text and emails and messages from people literally around the globe who watched us online now this is uh, this is a wonderful opportunity but i just want to say to all of our local folks we sure do miss you guys i tell you it, it's just not the same without you here and uh, we're doing our best to, to send the word of the Lord. You know, Isaiah said, the Lord, the word will prosper whereunto it's sent. So we're believing that as we minister, as we sing, as we worship, as we share information, as we uh, teach the word of the Lord, that wherever you are, whether it be in Cambodia, whether it be in Turkey, whether it be in Tennessee, South Carolina, Texas, or even Florida, all the way down to Florida... We're believing the word of the Lord is going to make a difference in your life. But to our church family who are here every week, we just want you to know we miss you. We really miss you and are looking forward to being with you, hopefully very, very soon. I wanted to read a letter I received this week. Uh, it said, Dear Pastor Turner, the entire Murfreesboro City School family is grateful to the Family Worship Center family for their generous donation to the City Schools Foundation. The funds you have given will aid in assisting boys and girls of Murfreesboro City Schools. Last week, this is what uh, the letter says, last week the City Schools program called CHOW, C-H-O-W, Combating Hunger on Wheels, their buses serve more than 1,000 meals a day to children across our community. They sent home on Friday 549 weekend backpacks of food, and they distributed 2,500 books. All of this would not be possible without the support of our community and also the support of Family Worship Center. And then the letter goes on to say, Again, we're so grateful for the donation to the City Schools Foundation so that more children can be helped to have what they need to nourish their minds and to nourish their bodies. May God continue to bless your ministry and the kindness and generosity of the people of Family Worship Center. With hope and peace, it's signed Dr. Linda Gilbert, Director of Schools, Murfreesboro City School System. Because of the generosity of the Family Worship Center family, we were able to help over a 1,000 children a day receive meals. And we're just thrilled to do that. Just like we're helping children in Cambodia, we're helping children here. We're helping children in other parts of the world where we support orphanages and feeding clinics and hospitals because we believe the Lord went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Thank you, Family Worship Center, for giving. Now let's talk about the Word of the Lord. I want to thank you for joining us, and uh, hopefully now during the next few moments, either through your iPad, your computer screen, your television, or your telephone. They used to call it a telephone. Your cell phone, you will experience the presence of the Lord. Manda and I really miss being with you. We realize the church is not a building, and the church is not something you go to. The church is people. People who are born again and called out by God to worship Him. Yet, time and time again, we read in the Bible how the gathering together of those born-again people created an atmosphere for the presence of God to move in their life. In my own life, I've had some dynamic experiences, some wonderful experiences when I was alone in prayer. Or in my private devotions. I've watched inspirational programming on my TV or my computer screen. I've listened to it in my radio or uh, driving in my car. And by myself and the presence of the Lord would fill whatever place I was in. I've been alone in the quiet. Simply thinking about the goodness of God. Thinking about a verse of scripture or humming some chorus that I heard on Sunday morning here at Family Worship Center or that I heard on the radio. And the, and the Spirit of God would just speak to my heart all by myself. But I've also experienced God supernaturally in church services, where the people of God came together for worship and unity. I've been in church gatherings where the combined faith of the congregation... Was, was in such anticipation of God's presence that the people sitting in the audience without anybody praying for them or touching them would be healed of their sicknesses and diseases. I've been in church services where the faith of the people, combined faith of the people, was at such a high level that just people, while they worshipped and praised God, while they sat there hearing the word of the Lord, addictions fell off of them bondages they were free from bondages without talking to anybody just being in the gathering of people in the church services i've been in a congregational gatherings in which a pastor would speak a message that was exactly what i needed to hear for that moment in my life in fact if i hadn't have known better i would have thought the preacher was sitting in my house listening to conversations i'd had with my family And this is what I've learned through all of this. Worshiping alone in the comforts of our home, worshiping or worshiping, singing, humming a song in our car, listening to a podcast in our office, or gathering together routinely with our church gang. One is not more spiritual than the other. One is not right and the other wrong. Both are needed. In fact, we're told to do both in the Bible. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 says, When you pray, go into your room. He's talking about you alone. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. But then he says, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Listen, he says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to good works, to good works. And then he follows that up with this, let us not neglect our meeting together coming together as a church family, as some people do, but encourage one another to come together as a church family, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I think um, at this season in our life, at this time in our country, those of us who church is a part of the fabric of your life, we are starting to realize how vitally it is important it is to us. Sometimes we just go through the routine and we don't want to go to church this Sunday and we're too tired. We got other things to do. Isn't it amazing how our perspective changes when suddenly we're not able to do that? Do you see why people in other countries in which the gospel, where church is against the law and they're not allowed together uh, as a group of people to worship, do you see how they so uh, are desirous to be where we are? And yet now, all of a sudden, after two weeks of this quarantine, of these restrictions on gathering together for worship, isn't it amazing how in just a short period of time, how we're suddenly begin to really miss our coming together. There's just something about getting together with the family of God. But since we can't do that, we are blessed to be able to bring the gospel uh, to uh, to people all over the world and to our church family through uh, live stream, social media, websites, and television. In fact, I've been amazed and thrilled watching the thousands of churches who haven't allowed the coronavirus to hinder them from sharing the good news. From the mega churches uh, with the million-dollar broadcast equipment to the smaller churches with a phone set up in the back of their auditorium The coronavirus hasn't stopped the word of the Lord, and it cannot stop the message of Christ. In fact, the dumb devil, the dumb devil has awakened a sleepy church. And now churches in every city all over the United States of America are forced now to do ministry in ways they never thought they would ever do it before. The Bible says, and we shared it last week, Psalm 68, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. The church is not being diminished during this time. The church's message is going out like it's never gone out before. To God be all the glory and praise. Let's talk about the coronavirus this week. I put some numbers down on Friday, and those numbers have already changed. Now there's over uh, 700,000 cases of people infected uh, in in the world. And today, according to the latest statistics, uh, on Friday there were 24,000 deaths. This morning there were over 31,000 deaths worldwide. 10,000 of those in one country of Italy alone. There's over 100. On Friday there were 80,000 confirmed cases of the coronavirus in the United States this morning there are 124,000 cases of the coronavirus in the United States. On Friday, there were 1,200 deaths. This morning, uh, there's over 2,000 deaths in the United States. The virus can spread by respiratory droplets. Someone coughs, it gets on their hand, they touch a chair, then you touch that chair, and the virus germ is transferred by touching your face or rubbing your nose. It's a scary thing. We are nearing the second full week here in Tennessee of the restrictions that have been placed on public gathering in groups and being in the public domain. While we see encouraging signs of the virus slowing in countries that have been the hardest hit, our country, the United States of America, continues to see an increase in those affected. We were told this week that more people filed for unemployment Benefits in the United States this past week than any other week in United States history. More people filed for unemployment this past week than any other week in United States history. What we've discovered is this, is life as we know it has been disrupted. And no one can give us a timeline when things are going to return to normal or what normal is going to eventually look like. So in these confusing and often scary days that are ahead, it's extremely important that believers, Christians, we brothers and sisters in the Lord, behave and respond out of wisdom and not out of fear. Wisdom and knowledge inform us of present reality. And the present reality is this. There is a terrible sickness among us. That is highly contagious. That is present reality. That is not a statement of hype. And it's not a statement of fear. And it's definitely not a statement of a lack of faith. It is the present reality. The Bible tells us that wisdom and knowledge inform us there are things that we can do, each of one of us can do at this time that will protect ourselves and our families and others. Common sense actions that have been found effective in slowing the transmission of this sickness and keeping ourselves and our family from getting infected also. Common sense things. It's not a lack of faith. Christians, hear me, please. It's not a lack of faith. This is the wisdom of God. Common sense things. Stay out of large groups. Practice social distancing. They started out at three feet, then it's now six feet. Next week it might be nine feet. In a, in, in a month or two, we might be waving at one another. But If the social distancing continues. Frequent hand washing. My goodness, I've washed my hands so much this week, I feel like I'm back in, at home when I was a little boy. And if physically you're not feeling well, stay home. Stay home if you're not feeling well. These are common sense actions with, which have proven to be effective in keeping people virus-free. Common sense actions which have been found effective in slowing this virus from spreading. And to neglect or refuse to follow these common sense actions is not being in faith. It is a total disregard of wisdom and not pleasing to the Lord. Listen to what James chapter 3 says. I like this guy. He said it this way. He says, you are wise and understand God's ways. Prove it. If you're wise and understand how God operates, prove it by living an honorable life. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Notice he says wisdom produces good works. And then he says, if you're jealous or if there's selfish ambition in your hearts, don't cover it up. Verse 15, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things like that are earthly, they are unspiritual, and they're demonic. And then he says in verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure, it is also peace-loving, it's gentle, and listen to this, it's willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and fruit of good deeds. The Holy Spirit through James gives us amazing insight in these verses of Scripture. He says, if you're wise and if you follow godly wisdom, our lifestyle will be honorable. It will do good things. It will be filled with humility and have no selfish ambition. Over the last month, I have been so grieved to hear Christians and even ministers make comments like, well, I don't care what they say. I'm going to go where I want to go. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be where I need to be. And I'll just trust God to take care of me. Listen, that's not faith. That's a selfish attitude. And the Holy Spirit says selfish attitudes, prideful attitudes, are earthly. They're unspiritual, and they're demonic. The wisdom that is from above is pure, peace-loving. It's not rebellious, it's peace-loving, and it's willing to yield. I've had people say to me this week, Pastor, we, 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 we don't need to give in to fear. Let's go on and meet at church. We don't need to give in to fear. We don't need to give in to all of these restrictions. Listen, being wise through common sense behavior during this time is not giving in to fear. Being wise is exhibiting the nature of Christ. Here's a good verse for you. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 7. Proverbs 1, verse 7. Fear, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. King Solomon, supernaturally anointed of God, given a mind like no other person on earth was given, said a fool. Now the word fool there in the original language means a weak-minded person. A person without aim, a person who's careless, a person who acts without counsel, a person who opposes, a person who opposes anyone who behaves uprightly. He says a fool, a weak-minded person, a person who's careless, (coughs) a person who acts without counsel. I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to cough in my hand. I'm supposed to cough in my elbow. I'm sorry. Sometimes I can't get my elbow to my mouth. He says, a fool, a fool, he says, a fool is anyone who behaves without counsel, and a fool despises, that word despises means uh, prideful contempt with mockery. He says, a fool doesn't act with counsel, and he says he despises anyone, he mocks anyone with wisdom and discipline. God says, the person who mocks wisdom especially in this time, is a fool. So let's not be foolish. Let's be wise. And for the next few moments, let me talk to you a little bit about something that all of us are starting to really encounter in our home. And that something is fear. The spirit of fear. It's apparent, as the reality of this situation is now hitting close to home, that families are starting to deal with real fear. Some thoughts have tried to get in my mind this week about our future and about our future and about our health and about our finances and about our family's well-being. Most of us at first thought this was media hype or a short-lived situation that only affected the elderly because that's all we heard. And by the way, we're Americans. We are Americans. What happens in other parts of the world doesn't happen here. Because we are immune. Now we're discovering that anyone can be infected. And this situation doesn't seem to be going away quickly. As we errantly thought we were immune from terrorist attacks, we at the same time thought our medical system would keep us safe from plagues which affect other nations. And we are discovering that's not the case. We have a new enemy. And with that enemy comes fear. Fear. So I want to give you some information about fear, the spirit of fear. Because there's two types of fear. There's the fear of the Lord, which we embrace, we want, we desire. But then there's the spirit of fear, which we resist. 2 Timothy 1.7 says it this way, For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and sound mind. When we normally hear the word fear, immediately we think of something we are afraid of, something we run from, something painful and terrifying. That's the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear frightens us with anxiety. The spirit of fear causes obsessive thoughts to consume our minds. They start racing in our minds. What about this? Worst case scenario, things of that nature. The spirit of fear cripples and paralyzes us. I know people today who, who will not go places and will not do things. Now, I'm not just talking about in this season. I'm talking about life in general. They've allowed fear The fear of something to hinder them from being everything God wants them to be. The spirit of fear causes us to be preoccupied with the worst case scenario. You've you've met those people. You tell them something good and they'll come back with something negative. You tell them something positive, they'll come back with something terrible. You tell them what faith would say and what God believes their future should be and they'll come back with the worst case scenario possible. That's fear. It's dominated their life. The spirit of fear poisons our filter of life. It limits our f- future. The spirit of fear causes people not to have hope. I've heard people this week, I've had people call me on the phone crying, Oh, Pastor, what are we going to do? The work? What are we going to do? I don't know if we're ever going to get back to normal. See, they've lost their hope. That's the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is not from God. So if it's not from God, you don't need to take it. And the spirit of fear turns our focus inward. People who are bound by fear or who have given in to fear, they're not thinking about anybody else. They're only thinking about me. I, 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 I. And this is our opportunity as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to cast away that spirit of fear and be a blessing to the world and to our community. But then there's the fear of the Lord. On the other hand, there's the fear of the Lord. That's the one we embrace The Bible says, Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. It's the foundation of true knowledge. The fear of the Lord opens the door for the wisdom of God to be available to us. Then Proverbs 19, 23 says this, The fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. In this time where the spirit of fear is trying to captivate people's minds and paralyze people. The Bible says the fear of the Lord does not paralyze or bring thoughts of anxiety. It frees us with security and protection. I refuse to live in fear. I'm going to be okay. My family's going to be okay. Not because I'm better than anybody else, but because I fear the Lord. I'm going to do what the Lord says to do. I'm going to follow His dictates and His plans, and I'm going to trust Him. And the Bible says that brings security and protection. Psalm 34, 9, I love this one. The fear of the Lord, those who fear the Lord, you His godly people, for those who fear Him will have all their need. What are we going to do, Pastor? How are we going to feed our families? How are we going to pay our bills? Listen, the Bible says if you fear God, He will make sure you have everything you need. The spirit of fear from Satan consumes you with the thoughts and images of lack. But the fear of the Lord assures us that God will provide. And here's a great one. Psalm 34, 7. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. The angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends everyone who fears God. Not fears the disease, but fears God. See, the spirit of fear consumes us with the thoughts and feelings of being alone and vulnerable and What's going to happen to my children? Don't touch that. Don't go over there. Don't say that. Don't go outside. And if we're not careful, the spirit of fear will cause you to hibernate in your home. Not acting out of wisdom, but out of fear that you're scared to touch anything. You're scared to move. You're scared to operate in any way. That's the spirit of fear. But the Bible says if we use wisdom and fear God, that the angel of God will protect us. And no harm could come near us. I could literally go on and on and on sharing Bible verses that promise benefits to the children of God who fear God. To fear God means to reverence God. It means to stand in awe of God, to respect God more than anything. To fear God means to give God the glory, give Him honor, reverence, thanksgiving, praise, and preeminence. That he deserves. To fear God means to give him the preeminent position in our heart. His desires reign over our desires. And that causes us to hate what he hates. And to love what he loves. You see, I obey the instructions of our nation's leaders. I obey what our local city mayor has instructed us to do today. Regarding the coronavirus, not because I fear the virus, but because I fear God. Over the years, I have personally encountered the spirit of fear many times. In my past, the spirit of fear has held me in bondage. It kept me a prisoner of my house for a year. It had me scared to leave my home it robbed me of my peace. It robbed me of my rest. I couldn't sleep at night. And it literally robbed my mind and comprehension. I've encountered the spirit of fear. It, The spirit of fear is an evil spiritual force that will paralyze you and prohibit you from enjoying God's plan and purpose for your life. And it will try to get on you During this season in which we're living. Because it's a scary season. But you don't have to receive the spirit of fear. Because you have embraced as children of God the fear of the Lord. So I want to give you some four really simple things to help you to resist fear. Number one, recognize the spirit of fear is a spiritual battle. That fear that you have of touching things and going places, that's a spiritual battle. Second Timothy one seven says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Hear, hear what he says? For God has not given us a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. Notice fear the spirit of fear, it's a spiritual battle. My heart hurts today because so many are addicted to medication in an effort to quiet the spirit of fear that invades their thoughts. They're trying to stop a spiritual enemy with a natural weapon. And you cannot stop a spiritual enemy with a natural weapon. You can numb your body, but you can't stop the spiritual enemy with a natural weapon. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We live in the flesh, but that's not where our battle is. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We cannot use natural weapons to defeat the spiritual enemy. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So we've got to use spiritual weapons, not natural weapons number two remember the spirit of fear is not from God it's not from God 2nd Timothy 1 7 for God has not given us a spirit of fear God has not given God has not given God has not given a spirit of fear so since the fear and anxiety and compulsive thoughts are not from God then as soon as they show up in our life, we need to start resisting them. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In my journey of overcoming depression and overcoming comp- oppressive thoughts and anxiety, panic attacks, they what, what they used to call them years ago, In my journey of overcoming those things in my life, one of the truths that I learned that I didn't know at that time when I was so bound by it is simply this. You don't have to take ownership of every thought that enters your mind. You and I do not have to take ownership of every thought that pops in our mind. Don't touch that. Don't go there. You're going to get this. You're going to lose everything. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your home. All these fearful thoughts that race into our mind, I had to learn I do not have to take ownership of those thoughts. Just because they come doesn't mean I have to believe them, submit to them, yield to them, or start acting upon them. Those thoughts are not from God. He's not the one telling you you're going to lose everything and you're going to bury your children and your children's going to get this virus and die a violent death. That's not from God. That's the spirit of fear. And when a fearful thought comes to my mind, I don't have to take ownership, believe in it, or submit to it. So the third thing I had to learn to do is take control of my thoughts and I determined what thoughts I was going to think. See, you don't have to take ownership of every thought that pops in your mind. But you must take control of your thoughts and you determine what you're going to think. Don't let the devil determine what you're going to think. Don't let circumstances determine what you're going to think. Let's not let the media determine what we're going to think or friends determine. You determine what you're going to think. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Bring every thought into captivity. And then Philippians 4.8, Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about those things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So you don't have to take ownership of every thought that pops in your mind. The spirit of fear didn't come from God. It's a spiritual battle. And the thoughts of of scary, frightening thoughts that it gives... You don't have to take ownership of it. In fact, you say, nope, I'm not going to receive that. I take that thought captive. And in turn, I choose to think this, whatever is true and lovely. And finally, if you really want to put the fear on the run, face your fear with praise. Face your fear. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So what are our spiritual weapons? Well, one of them is praise. One of them's the Word of God. One of them's the blood of Jesus. The other's the name of Jesus. But all of those are launched through praise, just like an army has has ammunition. They have bullets. They have bombs. But they got to launch them. The way we launch the Word of God. The way we launch the name of Jesus. The way we launch our confidence in the blood of Jesus that covers us is through worship and praise. Hebrews chapter ten. Verse 38 is an interesting verse. It says, And those whose faith has made them good in God's sight, that's us, we're born again, our faith has made us good in God's sight, must live by faith, trusting Him in everything. Otherwise, now listen to this, if they shrink back, if they shrink back, if they get fearful and run away, God will have no pleasure in them. See, the spirit of fear comes on us to stop us, causes us to shrink back, to turn around and run. The spirit of fear comes on us to stop us from accomplishing our mission and fulfilling our destiny. And instead of turning and running because of fear, face your fear, face it. I had to learn to this when Satan would would torment my mind and said, "If you walk out of this house, you're going to have a." Uh, anxiety attack. If you see that person, they're going to hit you. They're going to talk about you. When all that stuff was bombarding my mind years ago, one of the as long as I gave into it, I was its prisoner. But as soon as I faced it, that's when its power over me began to diminish. Listen to this. Matthew 21. In fact, it's coming up this next week. The Palm Sunday is coming up next week. And Matthew 21 talks about Jesus' great entry into Jerusalem. And when he had come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of money changers and the seat of those who sowed doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. But you've made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame, oh thank you Lord, the blind and the lame, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and listen, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, have you never read? Jesus quotes the Old Testament. He said, have you never read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. Now, if we're not careful, that'll get away from us. And, and the whole message we'll just receive is that kids praise God uh, in transparency and honesty and humility and God loves it. And that's true. But he's telling us a, a something more powerful than that. If you go back to what Jesus said, have you never read? If you go back to find out what Jesus is quoting, you hear the real meaning of what Jesus is referring to. And Jesus is quoting the book of Psalms. He's re-quoting, quoting the Psalms of David. And we read what he quoted in Psalm chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. O Lord, our Lord, David said, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens out of the mouths, here's what Jesus said, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Jesus said, have you never read Out of the mouths of babes and nursing nursing infants, you have perfected praise. He said, praise is the ordained strength of God that silences your enemy. So when fear comes to your mind, when fear tries to consume your home, when your children run in and they've heard a horror story or something bad, And it tries to captivate your thinking and take over everything you're experiencing in that moment. Instead of shrieking back, instead of running from it, turn around and face it and start praising God that the Lord is my helper. And I praise him, the angels of God encamp about me, and they protect me, and there will be no lack in my house. And my children will, will remain well and free from sickness and disease. Why? Because we're walking in the wisdom of God, and we fear God, and we will not give in to fear. Praise is the ordained strength of God. Thanks for joining us today on FWC Online. I want you to know we have people standing by every single day, either through online or through here at the church, that are willing to pray for you and, and minister to you. I want to encourage you to go to our FWC website, www.familywc.com. On our website has just been put up a section for people that might want to help others during this time of need. We've had some people call us and say, we've got some extra food or we've got some extra resources at this time. We'd like to give $25 or $50 or something. And you can go to that website and there's a place to do that. There's also a place on that website if you have a need. We can't probably be able to help everybody, but each one will be evaluated. And if you have a need, fill out that form and we'll see what we can do or point you in the right direction during this very critical time in our history. Amanda and I love you. Our staff here at Family uh, Worship Center loves you. We're here for you. We'll see you next week, uh, unless a healing takes place and we're back in church. But if not, we'll see you here on FWC Online. God bless. Thank you for joining us online this morning. We had a great time in worship and God's Word, learning about His faithfulness, His goodness, and the fullness of Him. Now, we have a team that's ready to connect with you, so don't forget to drop your comment below. As always, keep a lookout on our social media and our website, familywc.com, for all updates and information regarding our services here in the near future. Thank you.